0: Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message.
1: You can be seated this morning. We're glad you're here and looking forward to what the Lord's going to do today. We welcome all of you. Welcome all of those that are watching online as well. We have uh, a bunch of folks that are watching us on YouTube and Facebook as well. We appreciate you being here making the effort to come, and I pray uh, that the Lord will minister to you. In fact, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say you're in the right place at the right time right now. I believe that, and again, we're looking forward to Uh, Next Sunday, uh, our water baptismal, baptismal, and uh, what we're going to do is we we do have a baptismal tank that we bring out here, and it is heated, okay? It is heated, and so it almost feels like a sauna, and uh, we we baptize you right down here right after the second service, and so it's going to be a great time. Our baptisms are always a wonderful time, and people get to share testimony and how God changed their life, and then we... We baptize them, some we dunk longer than others, no I'm just kidding, and everybody's the same, but uh, it's, it's a great time. Uh, we, we're on a new series here uh, called uh, We Are Reach, and what we've been talking about is our church values. Uh, a number of months ago we talked about individual values, values like respect, values like responsibility, purity, but this... This month, or the next few months, we're talking about our church value, what we value as the church. And there's a lot of things that churches do, and a lot of things that church say they value. But what is our particular church value? What are we about, and what do we do? And so, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask the Lord to help us as we start this message today. So, just pray with me. Father, we thank you today for the Holy Spirit. I thank you for every individual in this place, wherever they're at spiritually, whatever state of mind they're in today. I pray, God, that your word would resonate with them. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, God, to anoint every word that I speak today, and that we would just give you our 100% undivided attention. Lord, help us to focus today on your word, and I pray that the people would hear the voice behind the voice, and everyone said, amen. So as we start this new year, we've been talking about We Are Reach, and in a nutshell, uh, I just want to kind of give you what values are. Values are basically the influence and the clarity or what undergirds us as the church, and it really kind of describes what we're about, and it really defines us. A lot of churches can say, we value this, we value that, but what really defines who we are? And there's a lot of things that people sometimes Uh, confuse culture with values. Culture is what you see on the outside when you come into the church and you can, uh, is it a friendly church? Uh, Is it uh, people, do people smile? Is it a a vibrant church? Uh, All of that. That's the culture of the church. But the values is the meat of the church. What are they about? What do they talk about? What do they do at the church? And so there's something that are just non-negotiable when it comes to values, and values are not doctrinal belief, but values are who we are and what makes us uh, uh, as a church, and so last week, I talked about reach out, one of the values was reach out, and what we defined was that the Great Commission is our mission, and I begin to describe that we are, we're out to reach, restore and to release and I talked about how we're reaching people, we're restoring people and releasing them to fulfill the call of God on their life. And then the week before that I talked about change is our friend and I talked about how we embrace change. That change is something we need to be open to. Sometimes we look at change as the bad thing, but in reality change opens up so many Opportunities In the next few weeks, we're going to talk about defining and aligning. And what we're talking about is ministry relief when we communicate and we collaborate as the team. So we're talking about collaboration is part of our value. And then uh, uh, grace and truth, we're talking about we show compassion to people. We love people. We show people mercy. But we also give them the truth because truth sets people free. And so, and then uh, one of our six uh, uh, values is make room, and we're talking about how we make room for the health of people, the spiritual health of people, uh, the mental health of people. We want people to be healthy spiritually. And then uh, our other value is life on life, and how this is how we disciple one life on another. And this next one is what we call 360. And I'm going to have uh, uh, the uh, uh, youth pastor come up, my son, Pastor <laughs> Jacob Lopez. Give him a big hand. Thank you guys. So I'm
0: going to define what we uh, believe 360 is. 360 is this. Complete honor to God creates honor for others. Honoring up, down, and all around allows us to celebrate each other. You see, honor up, down, all around, we've all heard that from our pastor. He said it. Uh, for years and years since I can remember. Uh, but that's something that we want to establish at Reed Church, and I think we've done that already. Uh, but, but we want to establish a culture of honor because we believe that when we honor each other, we believe that we honor God. And so number one is we honor up. What this means is obviously we honor God, right? We, we show God respect. We honor him. But not only that, we honor the leaders and the pastors in authority, In Romans chapter 13, verse 1 through 2, it says, For all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against uh, authority is rebelling against God. So we believe here at Reach Church that our pastors are delegated authority by God. Amen? We believe that whatever, whatever they have done, their vision, that God has placed them in that position, so therefore we honor them. And how, how do you honor them? We trust their decisions. We trust what they what they believe is right for the church, even if we don't agree with it. We're going to trust them because God has placed them uh, in that in that position and that authority that they have. I mentioned earlier we me and my wife took over Reach Youth a, a year and a half ago, and when my dad asked me to do it, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to take over the youth. I didn't have a passion for the youth. But I, I, had to, I had to drop my pride a little bit, and I had to trust my pastor because I honored him. And how many of you know, because I honored him, Reach Youth is thriving. I believe God is moving because I honored him. So that, that's one way we honor up. Honor down is we honor those that we're serving. It, it could be anyone. It could be our disciples. It could be someone we're teaching how to, how to serve the Lord. And if you look at Jesus, Jesus always loved his disciples. He always honored them. We know that he washed their feet. And one way that he honored them, he's, he showed them love. In, in John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, it says, we love because he first loved us. And as Christians, one way that we can honor those that are below us, those that we're serving, is we love them. Uh, Number three is this, lastly, is we honor all around. This is for everyone in this room, and even it goes further than everyone outside this building, is we honor everyone around us. We honor the peers next to us. We honor the people that we're serving alongside. We honor our pastors, and we honor everyone in between. As as Christians, we tend to sometimes compete against one another. Sometimes we, we, we try to pray louder than one another. We try to sing louder than one another. But let me encourage you, we're not here to compete against each other. We're here to complete each other. You see, we should always honor each other. And and, and I want to encourage you with this. And lastly, is is don't just honor them in your head. Don't just think about it. Tell them. Tell them that they're doing a good job. Tell them that you're rooting for them. Because it goes a long way. And in Matthew chapter 25, verse 40, and I'm, I'm ending with this, it says, The king will reply... Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of my brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Honoring, honor, honoring each other up, down, and all around, and in doing so, we honor God. Thank you,
1: guys. Praise God. And again, as we define 360, we're talking about complete honor to God creates um, a complete honor to God creates honor for others, honoring up, down, and all around. There's a scripture I can give you out of First Peter chapter 2, verse 17, where we get this uh, value. It says, honor all men, everybody. When we talk about men, we're talking about mankind, men and women, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. And when we begin to think about honor, Sadly, we live in a society today, in a culture that doesn't really have a lot of honor. In fact, when we're talking about honor in our society today, it almost seems like it's a missing virtue in the age that we live in, that there's not a lot of people that are showing honor, yet the concept of honor, when you begin to think about Just the whole concept of honor is something that people really think it's great. It's great to have honor. In fact, there are so many movies out there that inspire honor that many of us, when we watch it, we say, yes, you know, we see the sacrifice. We see the honor. I was thinking about a couple of movies that I've watched in the last couple of years. One was Hacksaw Ridge, where this one guy, Desmond Doss, who uh, during the Battle of Okinawa. By himself, he saved 70 men. Uh, he saved the lives of 70 people without a weapon. I mean, it's just an amazing movie if you've ever watched it. I'm not promoting it. I'm just saying that there's something about the courage and the honor. And then uh, one of the most classic movies is Remember the Titans where there's this football team. And the coach is teaching the, the team how to honor each other and to do away with any kind of prejudice, Put it aside because this is your teammate and you need to honor each other there's movies uh, such as Braveheart and and of course the classic movie Chariots of Fire and when we watch these particular movies we applaud it we raise our fists and say yes uh, that's what it's all about it's all about having honor but how many of us display it every day How many of us uh, begin to think about that honor can be lived out in our own lives? In fact, it's foreign to many of us to think that honor can be lived out. We live, in fact, in a time where dishonor is more valued than honor. In fact, the more dishonorable you are, the more popular you are. You can see it on all the TV shows, you can see it in a lot of the night shows, the comedians. The more they show dishonor, the more popular they are, the more known they are. In fact, if you get on social media and you dishonor people, you you get a big microphone or a big platform, everybody's watching you because you're dishonoring, you're dishonoring people, you're dishonoring the government, you're dishonoring those in leadership, and it seems like this honor. It's more popular than honor. Now, let me just speak for myself. When I grew up, when I was growing up, maybe some of you could relate to this. uh, When I was growing up, I was taught to show honor. In fact, I remember uh, being in the car with my parents, uh, and we would go over to visit uh, our uncles and our aunts. There was a family gathering, and I I remember my dad giving us specific instructions. When we arrived there, you're not going to go and play with your cousins. You're not going to go in the room and just go hang out. You're going to greet each one of your uncles and aunts. You're going to go shake their hand, and you're going to greet each one. And what my dad and mom were teaching us with honor. In fact, my dad and mom taught us, whenever you go to somebody's house, a neighbor's house, you don't just go in the house with your friends and go in his room and listen to music. You say hi. You greet the parents. You're going into their home. You're walking in. You've got to show honor. And so I was taught that you honored people's property. I was taught that you honor your neighbors. I was taught that you honor your school teachers and honor those in authority. And today, sadly, we're living in a society where there is a spirit of dishonor. People are dishonoring other people. And in fact, they're getting, uh, they, they feel good about dishonoring people. And it's sadly because when that spirit gets on you, man, it'll, especially if you're a parent, it'll go on to your children. Do you know that you can dishonor people even by being obedient? Did you know that? In other words, if somebody in authority tells you something to do, you can do it. But you know your attitude could be dishonoring? You ever, you ever tell someone to do something, and, and, or, or someone younger, and they do it, and they're, and they're basically, you know, they're, they're rolling their eyes like, oh, boy. You know what I mean? They're, they're sucking their teeth, and you go, man, I'm going to knock that tooth out. Hey, man. I'm not promoting abuse. Okay, but I'm going to tell you, if we ever did that when I was a child, we'd be missing a tooth. I'm just going to tell you. If we ever talk back, I can. we were blacked out. We didn't know what happened the night, day before. I mean, it just didn't happen. It wasn't tolerated in our family because they taught us how to honor. And here's the thing. When your children are taught to dishonor, when they go to, when they go to work, they're going to find out that, that they can go ahead and I'm going to give the boss a piece of my mind. Guess what the boss is going to do? He's going to give him a piece of paper called a pink slip. You, you, can, you can leave. Because the way they treat you is the way they're going to treat other people. And so we begin to look that there is an essential key, believe it or not, in honor. And especially in the kingdom of God. I believe that honor needs to be restored in the sons and daughters of God in the house of God. It's something that's very essential to receiving from God, and this is why I believe the enemy is fighting, even in our society, against honor, because there's something that you miss. There's something that eliminated from your life. There's the elimination of the true power of God, because true power is found in honor. Let me just tell you, I'm going to show you in just a few moments that honor carries blessing. Blessing. That honor carries reward. In fact, Jesus specified that when you honor, you're going to get a reward. Honor has the power to greatly enhance your life. Honor has the power to upgrade your life, to make your life better. In fact, some of us, the reason why you're not blessed, the reason why there are things that are not happening in your life is because you don't know how to honor other people. And you're missing the blessing on that person that he can give to you. Because you dishonor. And I'm going to show you throughout Scripture that when you honor, it's good for your soul. It's good for your health. It's good for your relationship. There is blessing and honor, or there's blessings to honor, and there's also consequences to dishonor honor is one of the necessary values that I believe that our church needs to really look at and really begin to think about because friend when you begin to dishonor you're missing the blessing of God and I'm talking about what my son just covered we're talking about honoring God we're talking about Honoring your parents, uh, honoring so- civil government. We're talking about honoring leadership, honoring those that are working as- alongside us, honoring those that we supervise or are weaker than us. Uh, we're talking about all of these things fit in this category that I just read that scripture honor all men. In fact, I'm going to read you a story of an of a older lady, an elderly lady. She was around 80 years old and she was arrested for shoplifting. And so when she went before the judge, he asked her, what did you steal? And she, she replied, a can of peaches. The judge didn't ask her how many peaches were in the can. She replied, six. The, ju- the judge said, I'm going to give you six days in jail. Before the judge could actually pronounce the punishment on the woman, the woman's husband spoke up. And he said, what do you you need, sir? He goes, well, she also stole a can of peas. (laughs) That's dishonoring. That is dishonoring, right? What we want to talk about is honor because all of us want to be treated with dignity and value. Some of us are finally getting it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So it went over our head, but this, why do we need to honor? How do we show honor? What is the power of honor? Can I tell you this? And here's something that's going to blow your mind. It's really going to blow you can actually honor people regardless of their lifestyle, regardless of their decisions, regardless of their behavior and their belief. Now, listen to me. I'm not telling you to compromise, but you can actually honor people that you disagree with. And I'm going to show you in scripture how that is even possible, because a lot of us say, well, if I disagree with you, I can't honor you. That's not true. The Bible says honor all men. In fact, Paul was saying honor the king. Do you realize the king that he was talking about is one of the most ruthless kings that ever lived during that time? And then Paul is actually telling us to honor them, honor all men. I want to show you an example in the Bible because I don't have a whole lot of time here, so I got to move very quickly. If you want to hear the rest of the sermon, I'm going to preach it at 11 o'clock. You can come to that. But I have a very limited time. But Jesus, the Bible says, was actually limited or he was restrained in his home... hometown when people did not know how to show honor in fact in mark chapter 6 the bible said that jesus comes and he returns to his hometown this is not the place that he was born but this was the place where he was raised and he comes back to his hometown he's returning from a ministry tour Jesus has been around ministering in different cities, in different places. Let me just tell you, he's been teaching the Word of God. He's been healing those that have been sick. He's been raising people from the dead. The lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear. He's calming storms out in the middle of the sea. All of these things are happening. In fact, did you know that Jesus even healed Peter's mother-in-law? This is why many scholars think that Peter denied Jesus three times. No, that's not true. I'm just, I'm just kidding there, okay? But what I'm saying is that he was going about doing miracles. Come on, just kidding, hey? Eh? He was actually... But the Bible tells us this. I'm going to read the Scripture, Mark chapter 6, verse number 1. It says, Jesus left there... And went to his hometown, and he was accompanied by his disciples. When the disciples, or when the Sabbath came, he began to teach where? In the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. They're just amazed at his teaching. They're amazed at what he did. Where did this man get these things? Man, how could this be? They asked, what's this wisdom that's been given to him that he even does? Miracles. In other words, his hometown is astonished at Jesus. They're astonished, like, hey, he grew up here, and how is it that this man can teach the way he teaches? We've been hearing about the miracles. uh, And in verse 3, look at what it said Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And what? They took offense. In other words, they're looking at Jesus and they're saying, Jesus grew up in this town. We know who he is. We've seen him. He lived next door. He played with our children. How is it that he has this thing about him that he's able to teach the way he teaches, that he has such wisdom that he's performing miracles? And then Jesus' response is this in verse number 4. Again, remember, they're offended by this. And in verse number 4, only in his hometown... Among his relatives and his own house is the prophet, what? Without honor. That word honor in the Greek means atomist, which means to dishonor or to treat as common or ordinary. In other words, to bring people down to your level or even lower. Can I tell you, that's what a lot of us do in our own marriage. You want to you dishonor your marriage, keep, treat your wife lower than you. Treat your husband lower than you. You remember when you would open the door for her? You remember when you would tell her, I love you? Do You remember all of these things? What were you doing? You were showing honor. But after a while, gone is the honor. Open the door yourself. Uh, you know, you, you, were, you were doing all this stuff. Do this. You don't even, you don't even kiss her goodbye before you leave to work. Uh, it's dishonor. Am I right? Somebody's clapping out there. Now here... Here is the flip side. I'm not going to look in that direction. Here is the flip side. Somebody's in trouble today. Uh, here is the flip side of honor. The flip side of honor is dishonor. The flip side of honor is dishonor, which means time or to me. And what, what that's talking about is when you uh, when you honor, you are bringing value. It, it basically, it's weighty. It's as precious as gold. So when you honor someone, you are highly esteeming them and you are placing value upon them. You're saying you are valuable. So what does honoring do? Honoring esteems, it lifts up. Dishonor devalues and tears down. To honor someone is to believe the best about them. To dishonor is to believe the worst about them. Honor lifts up, dishonor tears down. So how can I honor someone that I don't respect? Are you with me? There's a difference between honor and respect. Many of you said, I can't treat that person with any honor because they're not honorable. And so write this down. Honor is given, respect is earned. I'm going to say it again. Honor is given, respect is earned. Respect is about how the other person acts and behaves. You respect them because of their integrity. You respect them because of their wisdom and because of their skill set. Are you listening to me? Honor is how you act. It comes from you. You show honor to God. You show honor to those that you love, those that you work with, those that are below you. So you can honor someone just because of the position. Honor is freely given. You can honor without respecting. Is that possible? Yes. Let me give you an example because many of us could relate to this. How many of you have ever had a supervisor that didn't have a lot of experience? Had a supervisor, didn't have a lot of experience, didn't have a lot of wisdom, didn't have a good skill set, didn't even know how to do the job that well. In fact, you probably could do the job better than that supervisor. Are you hearing me? But because he is the supervisor, you give him honor as the supervisor. He may not have earned your respect yet because he hasn't learned everything yet. Eventually he will. Are you listening to me? But he deserves your honor. You're to honor him as the boss or as the manager or as the supervisor. He hasn't earned your respect yet, but he deserves your honor. This is why when you go to a court, and I don't want to point anybody out here, but if you've ever been to court, there's some of you, I know you've been there, and you look, and what do you call the judge? You call him your honor. He hasn't earned your respect. You don't even know anything about him. But because of his position... You give honor. Because of that school teacher or that supervisor or the owner of the of the company that you've never met, because of who he is, you give honor. Honor, And this is why I'm talking about today that we need to learn how to give honor even though the person hasn't earned your respect. Are you with me so far? So in Mark chapter 6, the Bible says this. This is the amazing scripture right here and actually a sad scripture. It says he could not do, Mark chapter 6 verse 5, he could not do mighty works there except that he laid hands... On a few sick people, healed them, and he marveled because of their unbelief. Now, this verse got my attention the fact that the Bible said that Jesus, not that he would not do many miracles, but that he could not do many miracles. This really got my attention because it bothered me because when I begin to read it, he could not do mighty works or, or, or miracles. There are mighty miracles. Here we're talking about the Son of God. We're talking about the Messiah. We're talking about God manifested in the flesh, Jesus. He had been doing miracles everywhere else. He comes to his hometown, and for some reason, Jesus is restrained. He's restrained. He's held back. The power of God, the blessing of miracles, the blessing of the supernatural is restrained and held back. What is restraining Jesus? Uh, see, it's interesting to me. The reason why it gets my attention, whatever restrains Jesus is going to restrain me. Whatever restrained Jesus is going to restrain you. Whatever restrains Jesus is going to hinder your life and the life of others. This is why it's important that we understand what's being said here. And Jesus made this statement, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, in his own house. Think about what's happening here. If you read Luke chapter 4, it gives us a little bit more to the story because the Bible says he arrived in a synagogue. When he arrived in the synagogue... It wasn't strange for a teacher or a rabbi to open up the scroll. Remember back then they didn't have books, but they had a scroll. And if you read Luke chapter 4, you don't have to read it now. But he opens up that scroll and he begins to read out of the book of Isaiah. And in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, he reads the scripture. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And he begins to talk about the reason why God, or he read that scripture, but then he says something, he drops the bomb on them. It's not strange for him to read a scripture, but then he says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, what he was saying, I'm the Messiah that I is talking about. And so when he said that, this is when everybody began to say, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't Joseph and Mary here among us? Aren't they? You know what? Uh, uh, Hey, honey, didn't he play on Johnny's football team? Hey, honey, wasn't he in somebody's class? You know, honey, I, I've got you know I got a little end table. He made it. He's the carpenter. I know he made our kitchen table. He made our chair. How is it that this guy is calling himself uh, uh, the Messiah? How is it that this scripture is fulfilled in our ears today? And again, Jesus is emphasizing uh, that uh, basically he is the Messiah. He they don't realize that God's favor is upon his line. And look at what it says here. I'm going to read uh, Mark chapter 6 verse 5. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hand on a few sick people and to heal them. In other words, listen to me, the reason why the other with unbelief, because dishonor clouded their faith. Dishonor basically clogged the pipeline of blessing. They made Jesus ordinary and not extraordinary. They brought Jesus down below, their, uh, below who they were. So they only, only some of them got a few miracles, what was available for many people. Because how you perceive is how you will receive. Let me say it again. How you perceive is how you're going to receive. See, listen to me. Some people saw him as the carpenter. Other people saw him as the Christ. If all you see is the carpenter, you're going to get your house fixed. But if you begin to see him as the Christ, you're going to get your life fixed. Some people saw him as the furniture worker, but others saw him as the miracle worker. See, that's what honor does. Honor, when you honor, you'll receive the blessing. You'll receive the favor of God. You'll receive the miracles of God. Now, check this out. The Bible says, not that he could not, or or not that he would not, but he could not, except he laid hands on a few people, and they were healed. In other words, maybe a few back aches got healed, maybe, maybe a few arthritis issues, but nothing miraculous, nothing powerful happened because they dishonored Jesus, and dishonor leads them to lack of faith. Now listen to me. When you dishonor, you begin to lack faith. They go together. And so the scripture is telling us here that this is what hindered the power of God. This is what hindered the hometown is that they were dishonored. When we have a culture of dishonor, when we have people in our church that are dishonoring other people, you are, you're going to miss the blessing of God. You're going to hinder what God's doing. This is why we value honor. We've honored God. We honor up, down, and all around because we know there's a power in there when we begin to display honor. Did you know that you can not only dishonor in your action and in your word, but you can also dishonor in your thoughts? You could be sitting there saying, well, I'm saying this. You could be saying this, doing this, but in your mind, you're dishonoring. Did you know that? Man, you guys are quiet in here. Let me, let me, let me. Let me, let me say this, Isaiah 29, 13. These people honor me with their lips. They draw near to me with their mouth, but their heart is far from me, and their honor toward me is taught by the precepts of men. So God is saying they honor me basically with their words. They honor me with their action. They can honor God with their song, but true honor comes or originates from the heart That's an outflow of our reverential, uh, a reverent fear before God. So many times uh, uh, we withhold the power of God and we only get a smaller blessing or a smaller reward because we dishonor. See, you're blessed, but guess what? You're missing out on a greater blessing because you're dishonoring other people and you're dishonoring God. Not only in word and in action, But actually in your thoughts. Let me give you an example of this. I won't read the whole scripture, but in Luke chapter five, the Bible said Jesus comes to a house, and apparently it's a big house because there's a lot of people there. There may be up to a hundred people in this house. There was probably some kind of a, a a place where they were meeting outside somehow, under some kind of thing, and the, so there was a lot of people. Maybe a patio area, wherever they're at. There's a multitude of people, and the Bible said in Luke chapter five, verse seventeen, that the power of the Lord was there to heal them. In other words, uh, the miracle power of God was there to heal people. In fact, there were teachers of the law that were there. There were the religious people that were there. And the Bible says uh, the power of God was there present to heal. And the scripture says uh, that there these, uh, be guide, they come with a man that was paralyzed. No, there was no miracles taking place just yet. But when they got there, the Bible says uh, the paralyzed man, they brought him on a cot and they couldn't get to where Jesus was at. So they got up on the roof. They tore down all the plaster and everything else. Maybe it was falling on Jesus' head. I don't know. They put him down. And the Bible says that Jesus looked at their faith, and he's looked at them. He saw the faith of these guys. They brought him down, and the scripture said, Jesus looked at this man, and he said, Your sins are forgiven. Now, here's what I want to bring out in that scripture. Why don't we turn there? Luke chapter 5, verse 21. I think we have it. Do we have that scripture? But the Pharisees and teachers and religious law, people of the religious uh, who did they think he is? Maybe I didn't give you the scripture. That, that's blasphemy, they said. Only God can forgive sin. But look at what it said. Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this In your heart. They didn't say it, they didn't verbalize it, but when Jesus forgave that guy his sin, they were dishonoring Jesus. Who do you think you are? You're nobody. Who do you think you are coming in here forgiving this guy? They didn't say, they didn't say, Hey, look, Harry, look, Harold, look at what's going on here. Look, Fred. They didn't say any of that. They thought about it. They were dishonoring Jesus in their mind. And the Bible says that you know who I am, that I'm the son of God, has power to heal, has power to forgive sin. He said, your sins are forgiving. Get up and walk. That's the miracle power of God. Now listen. That man got healed, but they didn't get healed. That man got the miracle, but they didn't get the miracle. The power of God, the miracle power of God was present in the room to heal everyone, but they missed out. Why? They missed out on the reward because in their mind, they dishonored God. And even though the power was present to heal heal everyone, not everyone received the reward. Not everyone received the blessing. How many times can I tell you people come in this room and in their their mind, they dishonor the preaching, they dishonor the worship, they dishonor everybody else. And so what you get is what you get back. What you put in is what you get back. You can have two people walk into the same church, and one week comes out, they're blessed, they're excited. Man, they've walked out, and the other guy goes, I ain't getting nothing out of it. Because you were dishonoring already in your mind. In your mind, you already said, oh, this is no good. I don't need this. I don't need prayer. I don't need the Bible. I don't need none of this. So you're already dishonored, and because you already dishonored, you missed the reward and the blessing of what God's trying to do in your life. Versus the other person that comes in and they're honoring. They're saying, hey, what's going on here? Wow, I, I sense something good here. Man, I'm hearing the Bible. I'm seeing God getting worshiped. I'm, I'm seeing something good. And that's the difference. When you begin to honor, you receive the blessing of God. In fact, Jesus, can I tell you something? Jesus said it this way. Let me, let me get to that scripture because I got to move on really quick here. John chapter 13, verse 20. Truly I say to you, he who receives whoever I send receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. Can I tell you, you can actually put the word honor because they're one and the same. It says, truly I say to you, he who honors whomever I send honors me. And he who honors me, uh, and he who honors me, honors him who sent me. Uh, so again, whenever you honor someone, especially someone that comes in Christ's name, you're honoring Christ, and you'll get the blessing from Him. Can you say Amen? In fact, I'll take it a step even further, because I think today, a lot of us this morning think, well, actually, there's three levels to this. Look at, I think my son read it, but I'm going to read it to you in Matthew chapter 10, verse 40. And again, I'm going to put the word honor in lieu of the word receive. Whoever honors you honors me. Whoever honors me honors him who sent me. The one who honors a prophet, because he is a prophet, will honor, will, will, honor uh, will honor a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person, because he's a righteous person, will also receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of water, because he's a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means, what, lose his reward." So there is a reward and there is a blessing when you honor other people. Did you hear me? Man, you guys are quiet. I don't understand where we're going here. There are three levels of human beings that we're to honor. Those that are above us, those that are working inside of us, and those that are working below us he's talking about all three. He's saying honor those that are above, the prophet. Uh, I can go into even deeper, not just a prophet, but we're talking about all forms of leadership, all forms of authority. Even as my son read it earlier, Romans 13 talks about honor all forms of authority. Uh, When you do that, you are receiving that reward uh, as you're honoring them. It's a righteous person. In other words, a person that is working alongside of you when you honor them, you receive that reward and you receive reward to those that are below you. In other words, those uh, that you're overseeing or those that are weaker than you, you'll receive the honor or you'll receive the reward from honoring them. See, Jesus said, uh, if you've done it to the least of them, you've done it unto me. See, that's, that's where the reward is. That's where the blessing comes from. Many of us, the reason why we're not reaping the benefits is because you're dishonoring. And treat others like you want to be treated. I've learned that to treat other people the way I want to be treated, that's showing honor. When you're treating others in the wrong way and you got a wrong attitude with them, you're dishonoring that person. And I'm not, it doesn't matter if you respect them. I told you the difference. You can still honor. You don't have to have respect, but you can still honor that person. How you treat them, the word that you use, how you speak to them, how you look at them. All of that is linked to the promises of God. In fact, I can go on and on about even honoring your parents. Did you know that in the Bible, that honoring your parents carries with it a blessing? Let me just read this. Exodus 2012, It says, honor your father, your mother, so that you may live, what, long in the land... And the Lord your, that the Lord your God is. So in other words, there is a promise that is linked. There is a blessing that is linked to honor your, honoring your parents. Whether you respect them or not. Whether they earned your respect or not. It says honor them because they're your parents. Are you with me? And when you do that, what? You're going to receive a reward. You're going to re- live a long life. There's something about that. When you begin to honor others, when you begin to honor those in authority, as Jesus was saying, the way you honor is the blessing. It's gonna, it's gonna change everything. Whether you you agree with that, uh, those people in authority, a lot of us today would say, Well, I don't agree with the president, I don't agree with this government, I you know, I voted, I didn't vote for this guy. It doesn't matter. You're supposed to honor them. Whether you voted for Clinton, whether you voted for Bush, whether you voted for Obama, whether you voted for Trump, whether you voted for Biden, it doesn't matter. You're supposed to honor those that are in authority. Are you with me? You're supposed to honor. Maybe they've not earned your respect, but you're supposed to honor them. I I can tell you, I've been in in, in times where I was watching the TV, and I've shared this before, where there was a president I did not vote for. And he's coming to give the State of the Union address and, 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 and you know, they're there and I'm, I'm, I'm watching it thinking, ah, you know, kind of rolling my eyes. Come on, some of you have done it. And all of a sudden, though, I remember watching it one day and it says, Mr. Speaker, the President of the United States. And all of a sudden, everyone stands and begins to clap. And God began to convict me and says, hey, you're supposed to honor this man. Whether you respect them or not, you're supposed to honor them. And I remember God began to talk, talk to me about honoring, that I'm losing the blessing, that I'm losing the favor of God because I'm not showing honor to everyone. Bible says honor all men. Can I tell you that? Honor all men. And I'll, I'll read this scripture just, just for, you know, a good token, okay? 1 Timothy five seventeen. It said, the elders who direct the affairs of the church... Well, are worthy of what? Double honor, especially those who work in preaching and teaching. If you don't know who that is, that's your pastor. Those that are working in ministry. So instead of bringing me a dozen, you bring me two dozen. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. What I'm? Am I? No, I am. I am. What I'm talking about there is, if we're not careful, you know, we have we have a staff of pastors, not just myself. We're supposed to give them honor. We have people that are working in ministry that are taking care of your children right now, that serve you in the cafe, that help usher and, and bring you in the parking lot, bring you in your seats and all. We're supposed to give them honor too. When was the last time you thanked one of those uh, teachers back there? When's the last time you thanked one of those cafe? They don't get paid. They do it just to serve others. When's the last time you thanked one of these pastors or one of your leaders? We have leaders here that uh, are in charge of our connect groups. When was the last time you honored them? See, we're supposed to honor everyone, and when we do, can I tell you, there's a blessing that comes to you. There's a blessing that comes to you. Some of us, you've missed out on the blessing because you're not honoring. You you think that dishonor is so good? Can I tell you, that's pride. That's pride. I'm not gonna honor them. I'm not gonna do that. That's pride. Can I tell you that was the fall of Satan? Lucifer, pride got in his heart, and he was cast down to hell. Did you know that? Pride is of the enemy. Pride is not of God. The Bible says, in fact, God resists the prideful. But he gives grace and favor to the humble. When you've learned how to honor, I'm telling you, it'll change people. In fact, can I just re- recommend this? Some of us say, well, this person doesn't deserve honor. Maybe if you started honoring them, maybe you might empower them. And they might learn how to be more honorable because you're giving them honor. Did you know that? That's very possible. Maybe that boss at work doesn't deserve the honor, but maybe if you started honoring them, maybe it might change their whole perspective. Maybe your parents don't deserve honor because of the way they do things, but you know, if you started honoring maybe it might empower them. Maybe that coworker, maybe that some other person in the church, maybe if you started honoring them, maybe your relationship might change. Maybe if you started showing them a little bit of honor, You'll, you'll get the blessing that's on them on you. I don't know about you, man, but I want, I want the blessing of God on my life. I want the blessing of God in my life. I've learned to honor. I've learned to honor, church. I'm not perfect, but I've learned to honor. And I can tell you, I, I've reaped the benefits. When you learn to honor up, down, and all around, you'll be blessed. Let's pray.